This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Excited for this one. KU opens the season with a win over Michigan State in the Champions Classic, 87-74. to Don't really care about the final score. Don't really care about the box score because this game was all about Ochai Abaji. We're going to get to him. We're going to get to Kevin Meckley. He is the host of Jayhawk Talk Podcast. I'm pretty sure that is the longest-running KU-based podcast or KU-based anything content-wise. In the audio format, great dude, fun dude, been doing it for a while, so I'm excited to catch up with him coming up here in just a bit. This game was all about Ochai Baji. He finishes the game with a career-high 29 points. The stat line doesn't really matter all that much. What matters is how he went about looking like one of the best players in the country because that is the question that is being asked about this kid today. Can Ochai have a National Player of the Year type season. Now, there are questions as to whether or not he needs to have a National Player of the Year type season, but let's just take a step back and look at what preceded that game and him entering his senior year. Ochai tested the waters after his junior year, and by every estimation, he was pretty damn close to keeping his name in the NBA draft last season and not returning to Kansas for his senior year. He went got the feedback at the Combine, and he didn't hear what he wanted to hear, or at least didn't hear enough to solidify his status as a legit NBA product. Now, the scouting report on Ochai coming into this year was pretty simple. Great spot-up shooter, great open-court athlete, high riser, great at finishing in transition, but the one bugaboo, the one thing that was missing from his game was the ability to put the ball on the deck and go and get his own bucket. Well, if one game is any indication... It seems as though he has addressed that in the offseason because last night he looked as sharp with the ball in his hands as we've ever seen. Now, is it going to look like that every night? We'll see. But it's at least a step in the right direction. I'm not sure that Ochai is ever going to be a guy averaging 20 plus points per game, but I'm not exactly sure that he needs to. 
I think this team, with the addition of Remy Martin, knowing that David McCormick is going to continue to get touches in the paint, and knowing that Jalen Wilson, who at times was KU's best player last year, isn't going to play for two more games, I'm not sure that anybody really needs to be the catalyst, so to speak, offensively. But the question for Ochai has always been not about the talent, not about the skill set, not about his athleticism or what he can do on the court. To me, it's more about what's in between the ears. I don't think this guy is mentally weak by any stretch of the imagination, but all of the greats under Bill Self have had that extra gear. They've had that edge. They've had that dog mentality. It's not fair to compare anyone to a guy like Frank Mason or Sharon Collins or Devontae Graham or Thomas Robinson, but all of those guys were grinders. All of those guys were dogs. They went about it in different ways, but game in, game out, you knew their presence was going to be felt on the court. Go back to Ochai last year, led the team in scoring, took a massive jump from his sophomore to his junior year. But last season, Ochai had more single-digit scoring games than 20-point games. Six times, Ochai scored in single digits. In fact, one of those doesn't even count as single digits because in the game against Creighton that came down to the final second in non-com play, Ochai didn't score a single point. Now, last night he had 29. That's a career high. And that's great moving forward if he can be more of that guy. But we've seen flashes and outbursts from him in the past. But we've also seen the duds. We've also seen the games where he disappears. That, to me, is and will continue to be the number one question for him this year. It's not about necessarily the nuances of his game. I have no doubt that he spent all offseason working on the things that are going to make him a better player and make him a better pro prospect. My big question is, what about the nights where the shots aren't falling? Last night, 29 points went 3 of 6 from 3-point range. You can go back and look at his worst games. There was always a direct correlation between his 3-point shot falling and the production that he has as a scorer. Can he be a guy who can get his own, who can make an impact without necessarily being a prolific scorer? Last night, he went 6 of 11 from 2. Both of those are career highs. 6 two-point field goals in a game, 11 two-point field goal attempts in a game. Does he have that dog in him? Can he be a grinder? I have no question that he is playing to become a legit pro prospect. He recently said, told Jeff Goodman after the game on Tuesday that he was very close, very close to keeping his name in the NBA draft. But now back as a senior, the question becomes, are you going to be the Frank Mason type who just hates to lose, who can't stand to lose, who will do anything to get your team a win? Or is this about being the guy? And I'm not saying there's necessarily a right or a wrong answer. But year in, year out, one thing remains consistent. Whether or not you think this is a deep team, whether or not you think There are multiple guys on the team who can be, quote unquote, the guy, game in, game out. At the end of the day, there always has to be that dude. There always has to be that guy who everybody looks to when things aren't working. There was a stretch during the game on Tuesday night when Remy Martin in the first half, who, by the way, didn't take a single shot, despite the fact that KU had a decent lead, seven points at halftime, There was a stretch where you kind of wondered, is this the same team as last year? 
you know, the team that didn't have anybody who could create off the dribble. The team who couldn't drive into the lane, suck defenders in, and kick out to open shooters on the outside. And I start to wonder to myself, if that's going to be who this team is going to be again this year, should we really expect them to be national title contenders? Are they deserving of being the number three team in the country? Now, that seemed to be premature because over the next 25 minutes of game action, they proved that, oh, okay, yeah, maybe they are a little bit different. Maybe Ochai has added something to his game. Remy exploded for 15 points in the second half. Dave started getting going. And then by the end of things, they looked like a dominant team. They looked like a team who Michigan State didn't belong on the same court with. But that's one game. And as we know, Champions Classic games are often sloppy. We've seen KU be on the wrong end of that. Just so happens, they're the team with more experience. They're the team with more depth. And they were the team last night with the best player on the court. Ochai is always going to have good matchups. There are always going to be games where the opposing team can't account for his size and his athleticism and his shooting. But there have been more talented players that have played for Bill Self. There have been other guys who have that mentality, that dog mentality, that bulldog, the guys who refuse to lose. What is he going to be by the end of the year? Was last night just one of those flashes? Was last night one of the games where we see Ochai play up to his potential? Or is that going to become commonplace? Is that going to be the dude he's going to be all year long? He said in the post-game interview, this is my team. He's going to have to show that night in, night out, if this team is going to be a national championship contender. And I'm not even sitting here saying I don't expect it to happen. Because if game one is any indication, this could be a very special season. Not just for him, but for this team. Kevin Meckley is the host of the Jayhawk Talk podcast. As far as I know, I put the I team on it. It is the longest running Kansas basketball podcast. Still churning out episodes, I believe, almost 10 years later. He's become a friend of mine, somebody I love just sitting down and talking KU with, having a few drinks. Always a good time. Here is my interview with Kevin Meckley. All right, so Kevin, I came across you, I think through Twitter. I want to know first and foremost, when was your first podcast episode? When was the I first podcast episode of Jayhawk Talk? 2012. Uh, so almost 10 years. I would have to think, at least in an audio format, you have been doing KU basketball audio content longer than anybody. Uh, at, on a continuous basis, I think that's right. I think there were a couple people doing some random stuff beforehand. No one ever heard of, uh, but yeah, we were doing the, when, you, when we were looking down and doing a podcast, cause I was a big podcast guy early. I liked, I was like, this is great. I, I mean, I did, you know, drove a lot, had to commute, did, did a lot of driving, traveling. So I thought it was, it was an awesome format. And then uh, Andrew, my co-host and I would, uh, you know, we were at the time, you know, just, just out of law school, just kind of, 
uh, you know, he was single. I was sort of single. And, uh, and by that, I mean, uh, still dating, but not like no kids. No, not, we were going to bars every night, just talking KU hoops. So let's record this thing. Let's just get, get in front of a mic. And, and the very first episode we did, we actually, uh, got two mics Thought we were all cool trying to do it in like, you know, a studio format. It was terrible. And we decided for, for, from then on, we would do it separately and just do it over Skype. I think at the time, uh, and, and since then it's been a little better. So yeah, it was, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. 2012 is early. I mean, I didn't, I think by the time I even figured out like what your whole, I was like, why, why is this random account where there's like a Jayhawk picture have like 20,000 followers? It took like, you started it in 2012. I don't even know if I knew what a podcast was until like 2014. And I've been in radio since 2012. I don't think (laughs) I, I don't think I really grasped the concept for a while. So that's impressive. And obviously, uh, we've talked a lot over the years since we've got to know each other. So I I wanted to have you on um, for a more casual conversation about Kansas basketball, because this time of year, I feel like the overanalyzation can, can be a little bit nauseating first and foremost, because this I'm not, I don't want to get into a big conversation about the length of the college basketball season, but it's like so far away from when the games actually start to matter. But Champions Classic is fun because you get to see at least Kansas go up against a quality program, which they did last night. Michigan State, you had an interesting viewing experience, which uh, I saw via Twitter was at not just a steak restaurant, but what looked to be a very nice steak restaurant in what seemed to be uh, a pretty important business meeting. But you took out the phone and watched at the table. Yeah, it was, it was probably not, uh, something I would tell my boss or my company that I did on, on a business dinner, but good thing. We'll keep it. We'll keep it between you and I then. Yeah. No one's listening to this anyway. 100% pulled out my phone and put it right in front of me and propped it up on the butter. Like there's like this little butter thing. Uh, the, the butter even had like a little top on it that had the Mastro's like name on it. Uh, and, uh, and I just set it right there and turned it on right at tip and watched the whole game <laughs> right on the, and we were there for four hours. It's one of those long, you know, dinners where you start with like five or six cocktails and then you transition to the appetizers, seafood tower steaks, you know, drinks. And, uh, I stayed the whole time. So everybody <laughs> knew you were watching the game. Yeah, no, hundred percent. No, I was not hiding it. It was right out in front of me. And I was, I was, I kind of was listening a little bit to conversation, interacting, interjecting here and there. And then I'd be like, yes, right. Or something like, <laughs> and then look down and be like, oh, he's watching the fucking game. <laughs> like, but, but it was fun. And, and they got it. I think mostly, I mean, I knew these folks. It's not like I just met them and then pulled out the phone. So that was, it wasn't like that big of a power move. But okay. That's what I move. wondered. I wondered like, are these all people you're meeting for the first time? Because I can't imagine going to be forging a lot of new relationships like that, no, but it is, no, it's a it bit of fun. a power move to, to pull Listen, out. Don't put a, a dinner on champions classic night. That's that's the moral of the story. Cardinal it's their sin. fault. Everybody knows it's their that. Fault. Everybody, everybody knows that. It's everybody the, knows that the best Tuesday, uh, best Tuesday night <laughs> on the sports calendar, man. But, it might be, uh, at least for Kansas, you know, a lot of those games, the, the funny thing I hear like days like today in the aftermath was, man, I always expect sloppy games. I always expect a ton of turnovers and, and ugly games, but uh, man, they looked polished last night. It's like, yeah, they did. Imagine what people are saying in East Lansing today, right? Like that's yeah. why Kansas looked good because it was the other team that looked sloppy and dysfunctional and, and disjointed, but Hey, we'll take it early in the year, especially for a team that, you know, people have 
championship aspirations for obviously the lead, Ochai Baji. Career high points, which to me, I'm, I'm, I'm less interested in just like the raw numbers, 29 points. It's more so like how he got there. Yeah. Like I, I, I fall victim to this all the time. And I know it's sort of silly with college athletes because these kids are like, they're 21, they're 20. And we can fall into this idea that up oh, the, after two years that finished product, like that's, that's this guy just kind of is who he is. He's not going to get any better. It's like, wait, what? If, if these guys can't get better than like, at what point do we, do we make the cutoff for when guys can stop improving? And I've done that with Ochai after last year, I kind of said, okay, maybe this is just about as good as he's going to get, which was a, a pretty good college basketball player. We'll see what the rest of the season looks like, but I was really impressed by the aggression he played with last night. I, I think he showcased uh, tighter handles than we saw last year, which to me was the big component of his game that was missing and that was perhaps keeping him from being, you know, a legit NBA prospect. He got to the rim more. He was looking for his shot. He just sort of looked like an alpha, which I, I wasn't sure if he had in him and it's just one game. So it's not really, really definitive, but I was really pleasantly surprised by, by what he looked like last night. You said it wasn't definitive. It's one game. Uh, that's very, very small sample size. I think what we saw is, a, is, is something that wasn't just a single game. Like what he did is very repeatable. And that was what was exciting. Uh, you know, he, he drew fouls. He got to the rim, as you mentioned, he made eight free throws. I mean, he was a different play. He wasn't just a spot up mid range shooter. Um, and I, I have a confession. I remember, you know, when he was looking to go pro and, you know, I remember thinking like, God, it'd be nice if he came back, but if he doesn't, we're going to be okay. You know, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be okay. Like, you know, he, he kind of, I, I was almost with you kind of is what he was pretty good defender. You know, obviously has a good shot, but was he going to, was he ever going to take that next step? And my God, am I glad that he came back because he, he obviously took whatever he heard uh, at the, at, at, from the, the NBA folks and brought it back. He's still looking for a shot, whatever, three for six from, from three. He's going to do that. I'm not worried about his three point shooting, but everything else. And by the way, I think he's our best defender. Uh, you can, I can hear maybe some conversation about, about Wando, uh, or maybe some it's others. Who, it's different types, right? Like when you're six it's different types. When you're six five with the six, six, six ten five, six, wingspan, six, yep. great yep. athleticism. Like that's the type of defender that is sort of game changing, right? As opposed to just being like a pesky point guard defender. Yeah, we were on. We did a podcast on on, on a couple of days ago before the season, and our take. I think and Andrew both kind of agreed. I don't even think it was group think. We came about it the same way. Was we think the wrong guy was, was named preseason big 12 player of the year. And uh, we had, we had come around on Ochai being, being the alpha um, and, and Remy is obviously going to be great. He's going to figure out his role. He's going to find it. Um, you know, if he doesn't, it'll be an interesting season. Uh, uh, and, and I think it will be game to game and, and we can get to that. But, but I think Ochai is the dude and I can't, if he is the dude, Holy cow, this, this, uh, this, this team's got, got a pretty high ceiling. 
Yeah, I want to get to Remy in a minute because I think that's a, a big part of sort of the dynamic and, and what this team's going to become this year. But with Ochai, that was my big question with him. It was a question with him last year. It's an even bigger question this year now that he's a senior and being counted on to to be one of those dudes is can he be that alpha? Like, can he be the guy not just... Like, he led the team in scoring last year, and that's great. But, like, can he be the dude who who everybody looks to? Can he be that grinder, that dog, that even when things aren't working, he's going to find a way to make his impact felt. I don't want to compare him to Frank. Nobody's Frank. But you just look at some of the greats over the years, and they all sort of had that that mentality, that that extra gear that maybe other guys around them didn't. And maybe that's not in his personality, and maybe he doesn't need to be that. So I don't know if that's a question that we're going to find out, you know, a month or two down the line doesn't end up mattering. But... For me, that's the big question. Like, I know he's got the talent. I know he's got the skill set. But, like, does he have that, that, that drive? Does he have that dog mentality that is going to make him one of those elite-level guys that's just going to have it night after night? Yeah, I think that's a fair, not criticism, but fair, fair question, Mark, because you're right. One of the things I still had questions was, did he have the, the, the suite of, of talents to do everything? I think last night, showed us a little bit, obviously small sample size, but showed us he, he does have the ability to turn on, uh, you know, a, a, a downhill game shows that he's able to get to the rim, uh, and looking for his shot, all of that stuff. But you're right. There is also the, the sort of mental takeover part of the, of the, of the equation. And I, if you're, if you're in a situation and I want to, I guess we'll, we'll find out the answer to this eventually, but you're in a situation where you need a bucket. Is it going to be Ochai or on this on this team, or can it be Ochai on this team, or is it going to be someone else? I mean, shoot, they were thrown into Dave in those situations last year, and so it, uh, it'll be interesting to see if it is a clear out for Ochai, clear out from Remy, or if it's a you know, I, I am interested to see if he has that in his game as well, because we've heard self say things over the years, like he's too nice. He's too sweet. He's a sweetheart. He needs to get in there and he needs to, and, and which by the way, that's like when Bill self calls one of his guys, like he's really nice. It's like the biggest insult you can absolutely. Yeah. He wants a dog. He wants a dog. He's even says, I want a dog (laughs) and he doesn't have enough dog in him. I think sometimes for bill and, but you know, like, like, like we're saying here, like last night was, um, you know, I, I'm not sure we saw a dog cause I'm not sure how good Michigan state was last night. Um, I, I think they're a good team. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll, uh, they'll make the tournament probably, but I don't know if they're a, you know, top 15 caliber team or not. Well, who knows this time of year, but in under the lights in the first game, you know, surrounded by f- newcomers and freshmen, it was his team. And that's, that is a, that's something, you know, even in the post game, Remy was sort of deferential to, to Ochai, uh, which I also liked Remy, but it, it would be interesting to see as this season progresses, is he the guy, is he the one on the, on the ESPN promos where it's Ochai and the Jayhawks uh, coming up next? And that's, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, I talked about this in in my intro was that, you know, last year, as good as Ochai was, leading scorer on the team, he had six single-digit scoring games. He had a zero-point game versus Creighton in non-con. And only had two games where he scored 20. Like, if he's going to be that that Frank Mason, uh, Devon Dotson, Thomas Robinson, All-American type, 
he has to become a guy where, okay, three the, the shot's not falling because that's who he was last year. When you look at the games where he wasn't scoring, there's almost a direct correlation to those were the nights when he wasn't hitting threes. Can he become a right. guy where if the threes aren't falling, he can still find ways to, to get involved? And you mentioned the free throws. Like, that, to me, is the biggest part. You are 6'6", you are 6'10", you're almost 90% of the time going to be the best athlete on the court. Can you just find a way to get to the rim and get to the foul line? Because if you're that, that's the added element to your game that exactly. you didn't have a season to go. Now, Remy is an interesting one because it was the Remy Martin show on uh, what was that last Wednesday against Emporia State. Now, it was Emporia State. So I would expect a player of Remy Martin's caliber to look like a freak on the court, which he did. And it was a tale of two halves for him versus Michigan State. Zero points in the first half, zero field goal attempts in the first half. He goes for 15 in the second half and looked like one of the better players in the game. After the game, though, Bill had a really interesting quote when he said that he's not even close to being comfortable right now, just in terms of playing the way they want him to play. And then he went on to say, when talking about Dewan Harris, who, by the way, I think played nine more minutes in that game, and Remy Martin did. He said, well, Dewan's our point guard. Like, almost matter of fact. Like, I can't even believe you guys didn't realize that Dewan's the point guard. And so then I, in, my, in my head, I'm starting to do the math here. I'm saying, okay, if Dewan's the point guard and Ochai's sort of going to be the leader on the team, what is Remy Martin's role on this team? Like, in an ideal scenario, what's the role that this guy plays for this team? It's a good question. I, I have a feeling that when the end of the season comes around and we're looking at average minutes, uh, that Remy will be up there. Uh, I think he'll start. <laughs> well, obviously that was a question after Empire State, but but you know was always something that I don't think people were worried about. But you're right, Harris played 36 minutes. I mean, he played as many minutes as Ochai did, and. Wando, sorry, we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna push this with this Wando thing. Okay, I need, I need to get better about that. I need, I, I never catch year, on. I never latch on to the nicknames. Uh, but, but Wando played 36 minutes. You know, and is is Remy Martin a true point guard? Is always the question here because you, if you're surrounded by McCormick, you need to feed Ochai, who's got to get shots. Uh, Theoretically, Christian Brown should get shots, uh, and 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 all these other dudes who coming off the bench who apparently can all score. Uh, you need someone who who is not necessarily there to 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 go find his own shot every game, and that's that's Dwan Harris. It's not Remy. Remy's not known as a distributor. I don't think he's ever had to. No, and maybe maybe he can transform into a true point guard that that is looking both for his own shot but also trying to find others and he could get to the rim and and if you can get but so can Harris so you can get to the rim and pass and look I mean that's that's what you'd want from him and I I struggle a little bit for role I just think it's going to be one of these things this this season because we are so deep that I think it's okay that we don't have a a set this is the alpha and these are the role players sort of situation. I think it's going to be a different alpha, different nights. So long as, as everybody can kind of fit the pieces together and self can fit the rotation together, which I think he has no idea still what that looks 
It's like, uh, I think it'll work, but it's, it's weird. I agree. It's weird to sort of say the guy who was supposed to be the, the big 12 preseason player of the year is somehow doesn't have a role on this team. I I'm, I'm willing to allow that. It's a little confusing right now, but I think they'll, they're, they're going to end up sort of being one, a one B. And I think it's going to switch every night. Okay. So let's take a, a step back. You lose Marcus Garrett. You lose basically all of your rotational players coming off the bench and replace them with what, I, in my opinion, are better players, better fits for what this team needs. And then the big one is Remy Martin, a guy who can go and get his own shot, who can facilitate, who can create, who can suck defenders in and, and kick out to open guys. Now, the assist numbers weren't great last night, but in the second half, you just saw the impact that he has on opposing defenses. Like, you have to account for him when he's out there. Big picture. Are you all in on this team? They're number three in the country. Clearly have national championship aspirations. It's just one game. So whether you want to just look at that one game or look at the roster construction, consider everything that they're bringing back from last year, four or five starters. Like, are you all in on Kansas yet? Absolutely. I think you have to be. And I'm I'm not one to do that. I mean, I think you know me. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, oh, no, yeah, I'm absolutely. A realistic KU fan, uh, probably to a fault. I think most fans get annoyed with it that I kind of bring a little bit of a tougher mentality on the team. Uh, but how can you not look at this team? And and I'll I think you got to always compare it not just to other Kansas teams because I think that's unfair, but compare it to the the rest of college basketball. Uh, and when you start looking at other teams, everybody's got flaws. Um, well, <laughs> some, some may not have too many flaws, but everyone is always going to have a flawed team in college basketball. There's a flaw somewhere. And this, this Kansas team doesn't have many flaws. Like it may be front court depth. Maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you're grasping at straws at this point, but, uh, it, it will be. Uh, three point shooting has been a a, a problem for uh, you, you know recently. Athleticism was a problem last year. Uh, I don't think those are problems anymore, and and that's that's something that and and not much else has changed as we just talked about, right? Uh, Marcus Garrett losing Marcus Garrett is a huge loss, but when you fill it in with a a, a much better Ochai who can maybe be sort of lockdown guy, and then bring Remy. Like, like Marcus is not bringing scoring. The scoring is not the price. If, if Ochai can take over the sort of leadership role, lockdown role, man, this team is way better than last year. Way better. Because everything else is the same. And the, the role players are better, as you mentioned. It's I'm going to be honest with you. you I don't, Mitch I don't think the, Marcus is that big of a loss. Like, I loved him. I thought he was great. Marcus was a, a really, really important player that never got a chance to play on the right team. Yeah. Like, last year's version of Marcus Garrett would have made so many Kansas teams over the past decade championship contenders, like ones that weren't. But on last year's team, it was just fitting a square peg into a round hole. So like, I've never heard that take, but that's a really good take. So I think I've never never heard that before. That's, that's a great take and very accurate. I agree. So like for this year's team, like bringing, if, if you told me they were bringing Marcus Garrett back instead of Remy Martin, I, I don't know that I would consider this team to be any better than they were a season ago. Because that's the big t- that's the big trap I think you can fall into in college basketball is just assuming that, hey, this guy, hey, this hey, Christian Brown, hey, a year older, a year better. 
like David McCormick, you're, yeah, you can do, you always tend to think that, that, that it always follows this nice, natural, pretty progression where guys just get a little bit better year after year. And a lot of times it just doesn't ever happen that way. But in this case, I think with the, at least with what we've seen from Ochai, that's going to happen. I think Remy is a very clear upgrade. But the question for me now becomes, okay, and I'm with you. I am all in on this team. Because yes. it's, all, it's all relative to what your competition is. KU's going to play better teams than they played against Michigan State. But I think in any given year, there are 10 teams that matter. And by the time February rolls around, you can cut that number in half. By the time March Madness starts, there's like five teams that have a legitimate chance of winning. And I think Kansas, with a combination of high-end talent and depth and coaching, like, yeah, this seems to have all the makings of being a contender. Jalen Wilson did not play. He's not going to play for two more games. I think Kansas will be okay because they have Tarleton State and Stony Brook coming up next on the schedule. But if Dwan Harris is the point guard, we know that David McCormick isn't going anywhere in the starting lineup, I think. Ochai Baji seems to have uh, his role pretty much locked in. Christian Brown, say what you will about him. I know a lot of people weren't impressed with him versus Michigan State, but he wasn't all that impressive last year either. And guess what? He started every damn game, and he's out there a lot. I think he played 34 minutes versus Michigan State. So what happens to this rotation once you insert Jalen Wilson back in? That's that's something I've been thinking about a lot, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, if, if I agree with you that Harris... I mean, he, that was the one I think preseason and early on folks were figuring he would not be in the starting lineup. Oh, I didn't think it would be. Yeah. And, and then you heard a lot, you know, sort of over the you know, self would go out there and say, why he's one of the most approved players. You know, he's, he's definitely going to have a role, blah, blah, blah. You know, he brought in Yesufu or Yesufu, Yesufu, Yesufu. I think it's Yesufu. Yesufu. You brought in Yesufu and and then Remy on top and you're going, geez, you know, like (laughs) we got a lot of point guards all of a sudden. And I, I think a lot of Kansas fans will look down and go, I, how do you bench Remy Martin? And you can't bench McCormick. You can't bench uh, Ochai. So it's Brown or Harris. And I think every KU fan would prefer Christian Brown take the seat, but I'm with you. He ain't gonna. So, I I mean, is Jalen Wilson start? I think, I think so. I think so too. Maybe not for a while. I mean, that's uh, maybe you think he'll be in the the proverbial doghouse. Yeah. Maybe he sort of eases in. You gotta get his sea legs under him. You gotta see if he's, you know, Jalen of early last season as well. And if he is, I think he's got to take a spot. You know, uh, one thing about Christian Brown, he did not play well. I agree, but he had eight boards, led the team in rebound. Man, he got every damn rebound in that second half. That's Jalen Wilson's job though, too. I mean, yeah. Wilson was the best rebounder on the, on the, on the team. Maybe Christian Garrett or Marcus Garrett. It's not Christian Garrett. Marcus Garrett. At, a, at one um, time, at one time, Christian good Garrett, prolific rebounder. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like uh, that's, that's a, a thing that this team is going to need because uh, Dave McCormick is an okay rebounder, but how many did he have last night? I think two, two, no defensive boards. He had Dude, he two rebounds. 6, 10, 260 pounds. He played 22 minutes, which isn't a lot, but he still had two boards. Come on. I was convinced and, David McCormick as a sophomore 
I was convinced that by the time he was a senior, he would be like a 14 rebound per game guy. Just like the way he, because he used to just like high point the ball, like a, like a wide receiver. Like some guys just go up and get it. And then the last two years, I go, wait, what? He's gotten worse. How does that even, doesn't make any sense. But my point is, as it took a long time to get there, is that Jalen's got to be, he's going to fill a role that might be missing from this lineup that we just saw start. And whose spot does that take? Do you, do you, do you sit Christian? Um, you know, I, I think the man, problem with sitting Christian is I think they like him as a spot up shooter. Like my big criticism with Christian last year was that I don't know if it's necessarily a criticism or more of just like a reason as to why he wasn't more productive is that I thought he and Ochai were both at their best as spot up shooters. The problem was they had nobody to facilitate to them because they True. had nobody who could get into the lane suck the defense in, and kick out the shooters. I figured that Remy Martin would be that guy. Even though he didn't have the track record of being a great assist guy, I'm like, well, he's so quick. And, and he was playing at Arizona State with inferior talent, so maybe it was just sort of this mentality that I have to do everything, and I kind of wondered, and I still do. I still wonder if that will become more of who he becomes at Kansas is a guy who can attract a lot of defensive attention and then kick out. I mean, the first play of the game was him driving, got to the free throw line, Ochai's open, kicks it out to him, knocks down the three. That was one play. But I, I just, there are too many of the, like, I, if Dewan's playing 36 minutes a game in, in game one at Madison Square Garden against Michigan State, like, he's not going to the bench. Bill Self called him the point guard. He's going to be the point guard. Like, that guy's going to start. I feel supremely confident about that. Ochai, going to start. Now, there was, I will, I will say this, not that I'm expecting this to happen, but the most electric lineup of the night featured essentially four point guards in Ochai. Now, this was when the game was mostly wrapped up with, I think, like eight minutes to go. But uh, I believe the lineup featured Dewan Harris, Bobby Pettiford, uh, Christian Brown, Joe Yesifu, and Ochai Baji. And it yeah. was electric. Bobby Pettiford's fun to watch. He, he is, you know, he? Bobby Pettiford had the, uh, I hate this stat. I hate plus minus, but he had the top plus minus on the team. I hate, night. I hate single game plus minus. I don't care. I, I, I'm a Bobby Pettiford truther. No, if it works for your argument thing. Yeah, exactly. In my negative argument, who was the worst? Uh, Dave McCormick was the worst. Honestly, uh, plus checks minus. out. Tell me the story is wrong. Tell me the stat <laughs> is wrong. And so where's the lie? Spot the lie. And so I guess what I'm, what I'm, it will be, it will be super fascinating to see how Bill puts this together because you're right at, at different times, our team looked great with, with Pettiford on the floor. Uh, it looked great. And, and the, the amount of minutes that guys like Yesifu Pettiford, uh, even Coleman Lance, like where, where does he fit in this? If at all, he played, he played 10 minutes, uh, Ain't, ain't afraid to shoot. Obviously, he has a green light, uh, and and was not very efficient. But you, you know, that guy is going to probably play. KJ Adams. I mean, Clements. I I I don't know. I don't think Bill Self has a clue how this is going to fit yet. And I'm really glad that we've got a couple uh, 
you know, scrimmage games coming up here. Cause it'll be, a, I, I think yeah. we'll see, I think we'll see some crazy ass lineups and, and McCormick might play 20 minutes and Brown might play 22 minutes or whatever, just to see how this all shakes out. I hope that's how he, he treats these. I assume he will, but uh, cause it, it, he's got it narrow. I mean, we, we played, did we play 10 dudes in the first half, something like that, or 11 dudes in the first half. Um, I think everybody yesterday. who played, yeah, I think because I think everybody who played, because even KJ Adams came in there at the end of the first half and had yeah. that block. And then we, I, I love doing this too. I love Bill Self will do the the pre the pregame interviews uh, with Brian Haney on the radio network, and he'll always drop a few nuggets in there. Like he, that's when he said that Cam Martin was going to redshirt. And I was like, oh, okay. The guy I thought was going to be the first big off the bench isn't playing this year. <laughs> and uh, Oops. and then he said that uh, Joe Yesifu would be one of the first guards off the bench. Uh, Joe Yesifu played six minutes yeah. last night. I was I had, I had convinced myself at one point during the offseason that Joe Yesifu was going to be a starter mm. on this team. Because that's my big... Whether starting lineup, whatever, like there's going to be somebody that we're talking about that's not going to start but he's going to come off the bench and play 25 minutes. So it's not really going to matter all that much. Right. But when Jalen comes back, like he's going to play 27, 28 plus minutes a game. So like, who did we see last night? That's just not going to see the court this year. Is it just KJ Adams and Zach Clements? Because it's going to, it's going to pain my soul to not see Zach Clements more and more <laughs> this season because he gave the most electric stretch of the game last night. It was a blast to watch. Uh, you know, first of all, splashing threes like that from my big guys. I love it. Um, <laughs> I loved it. But you know, he seemed to. Uh, I think the dish was from was from Pettifer, the nice, nice sort of delivery down low. Uh, and you know, I I don't know what we have in him. My favorite part of the style line though is he had two steals in four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so, hey, can't teach that man. Can't hey, teach look, that. Listen, I'm I, I'm not a mathematician, but you spread that over 40 minutes. That's a lot of steals. That's it's a defensive lot player of, of the years type number. <laughs> Forget Marcus Garrett, uh, but it'll be it'll be interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm kind of with you. You start looking at the at the names. Uh, we know we know that the the guys that started are going to play 27 plus minutes, uh, 25, 27 plus minutes, and then you got to fill in from there. Mitch is going to play. That dude is a cockroach, a and I mean that in the we most endearing way possible. You cannot kill him. Every single, when when I started seeing them add these dudes in the offseason, I said, "What should Mitch just transfer and go play at like Texas or something?" Honestly, because with all the dudes they're bringing in, he's not going to play first big off the bench, and I have no reason to expect that won't continue all year. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, no, there's no way Mitch Lightfoot is transferring. Remember snack said snack said, if you cut it, if you cut him open, there's a Jayhawk inside. Yeah. There's a, he ain't leaving. He might be here for 10 minutes. And now he's just fucking killing it with the NIL stuff. He's got this (laughs) junk company. They got a prison mid shirt, which by the way, I'm only going to say this on this podcast. Good for him. I hope he makes as much money as possible. Same. Uh, Biggest mistake I ever made was not trademarking prison Mitch when I came up. My, yeah. I, my, my buddy, Kevin and I group chat showed the picture him per, after boot camp. He's flexing the towel. He just texted me prison, Mitch went on the air with it, blew up. I should have trademarked it. 
I should have been making the shirts, and then I would have given, I would have given, I would have given Mitch, you know, ninety percent of proceeds. I just would have wanted a little ten ten percent cut. Well, I'm gonna buy a shirt. I'm gonna buy a shirt. I'm gonna support him. All right. Well, you know what? I uh, I do remember you. You've had this take for a long time that you you came up or you you and your boy came up. It's with not it. a take. No, it's, your, your it's a fact. It's not a position. position. No, stop it. Stop. <laughs> stop phrasing it as if, you know, it's just like it could be this could be that. No, I'm not posturing for anything here. Speaking in uh, fact, but good for Mitch. I'm happy. Listen, for him. Uh, I, I will give him full uh, ownership rights of the song I wrote about him. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Uh, which, which I will. I will allow that. He what can, was the name of the song? the song? Mitch, I'm Lightfoot. Uh, it was no easy buckets was the name of the, of the, yeah, of but the song. chorus was, was Mitch. Yeah. I'm Lightfoot, right? Which was kind of a joke off of bitch. I'm Frank, bitch, I'm bitch, I'm Frank. So anyway, the whole, right. it, was, it was a playoff that can you that send me that by the way, ago. we may, uh, we may bump out of this episode with yeah, that I'll track. If you send me, it. if you send me the track, I, uh, let me grab my little... guitar real quick. I'll just give you a live. Yeah. Yeah. Ones. Please do. Please do. What is this? Uh, MTV unplugged. Yeah. Um, uh, one guy we haven't really talked a whole lot about, we, we referenced him briefly, is David McCormick. And I don't really know what to do with Dave here because it's pretty, his career arc is, is pretty well documented, okay? Um, and, and it's mostly last season where he sort of became the dude replacing Yudoka Azubuki. He was abysmal to start the season. He looked like a chicken with his head cut off and... Then all of a sudden, he sort of got settled in. And I mean, say what you will about him. The last two months of the season, he looked like a top 10 big man in the country. Like, I thought there was an outside chance he was going to be a, an all Big 12 type player. Didn't end up happening. But because it happened at the end of the season, there's sort of this idea that he's maybe figuring some things out and, and putting it all together. Uh <laughs> Last night looked like vintage Dave. Like that was vintage big Dave. And I've sort of come to the conclusion and maybe this is unfair, but I need to say it now because I'm afraid if I don't, I'll convince myself that he's back or that, you know, he is going to be this sort of dude later in the year. So I just need to say this now and hold myself accountable. David McCormick has the worst instincts imaginable. And unfortunately for him, he does not have the athleticism or the skill set to overcome them. There will be games where he is simply bigger and stronger, and he happens to have the best coach in America at making him look good and getting him the ball in positions to get easy buckets. And there will be games, unlike last night, where those turnaround four-foot baby hooks are falling, and he looks really, really good but I am just resigned to the fact that he's just sort of a dude. He's a big body. He'll have his nights, but for the most part, last night is more or less who he is as a player. And that's fine. That may be all this team needs, but I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to set myself up to not really expect anything more from him this year. Is that unfair? I don't think it's unfair. I think last night was the, not a baseline though. Um, and I think that was, that was a, a down performance for Dave. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're going to give him a 20% better output, uh, cause I don't think he's going to go four for 11 from the field very often. Um, when all of his shots are being taken from, 
you know, four feet from the basket. Does he need to take 11 shots though? Um, no, not on this team. I don't think he has to, but I mean, he could take nine. Um, uh, I think, I think that generally speaking, he should be efficient. He's not been an, in, like a crazy inefficient player. I know he was for a while. And then like we sort of mentioned last half of the season, he was, he was pretty solid. Yeah. He was um, really good. And, yeah. and I, you know, some of that coincided with him being stronger, playing, you know, playing to his strengths. And of course, also coinciding with, as you mentioned, self being pretty good at getting him the ball in the right position. Uh, I agree. There was vintage bad Dave last night, fade away, moving away from the basket, long, you know, long hook shots that weren't even close. And anything going away from the bat. Like if he feels himself about to go away from the basket, he needs to pass. Do not shoot it. Like just throw it up in the air. Anything, anywhere it goes would be better than where he's about to shoot it. So I, I completely agree. You know, he, he has to find uh, it within himself to understand that he is the biggest guy on the court and that he should be able to score the basketball. If he catches it three feet from the basket against almost anyone in college basketball. And that's the, that, that is something that he will hopefully figure out how to overcome. But I agree as of yet, uh, and last night was certainly a, a, a step backwards from where I'd hoped he would have been this year so far. I, I'm willing to let this be a little blip because I don't think I think that's about as bad as it gets for Dave. And if that's as bad as it gets, he didn't cost our team anything. He was inefficient. He didn't rebound the ball. You know, you know, a couple turnovers or whatever. But I think he'll I think he'll be better. But I agree. I don't think he's going to be the you know, he's not going to be a star on this team. Yeah, you know, and maybe that's the right way to look at it is just like perception versus his actual efficiency because perception was so rough last year because the team wasn't very good and the team played through him so often and he was such a high-volume shooter that when he would have the bad games, it felt like it was killing this team. Whereas this year, hopefully, if Ochai is like he was last night more often than not, if Remy can sort of become that catalyst offensively and and who knows what Jalen becomes when he gets back, then I think there's just going to be less eyeballs on Dave. We're not going to care as much because he's not going to become this focal point to the offense. He's still going to get touches. Like that's obvious Yeah, when you're in a Bill self team, but maybe there will just be less expectations for him, which honestly is probably not a bad thing. What he needs to learn how to do is get the post pass and find the perimeter opening, like be able to pass out of the post because he never passes out of the post. Like it'd be nice to see him do a little bit more entry pass. And I know that's not a self system. Like it's all set up to feed, you know, get an angle and try to feed the post. But if we're trying to figure out ways to, in a world where, you know, Harrison and, and Remy are driving to pass, it's just as efficient to do a post entry and pass. And like, it'd be nice to, to figure out, particularly if he's being an effective uh, post player where he will draw attention. Um, and, and that I guess is remain to be seen. If he's not drawing attention, then it's not as efficient, but if he is drawing attention, that that's something that, that he can, he can improve on. I think too. Kevin Meckley, Jayhawk talk. Appreciated it, mate. Will you uh, tell everybody where they can check out your stuff? 
Yeah, for sure. At Jayhawk Talk, you can find the podcast on all your whatever streaming places that you listen to podcasts. We're going to do a, a, a post-game deal, too. Uh, not to pull away from the uh, the radio network, but our, uh, our plan is to do a post-game Twitter spaces every game. And so how that works, get on Twitter app. Uh, if you're not signed up for Twitter, just do a whatever uh, ABC one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 come on, uh, or, or, or Dave McCormick, uh, truther at Dave McCormick truther and, and come post, uh, or come join us in a, in a Twitter space. It's really easy. Just follow me or find my tweet. That will, that will be the link to the post game chat come in. And it's literally like a, like a post game discussion with us, whoever's there. Hopefully Nick can join us sometimes. And we will be, uh, we'll just be talking about the game reactions and you can come up on stage and talk, give us your take, stay up there as long as you want. It's going to be totally informal, hopefully lots of celebrating, uh, some, perhaps some commiserating, but it'll be fun, fun to do. And then we'll obviously do the podcast too. And by the way, you don't have to feel bad for taking away from post game. I don't work for uh, K an official KU radio affiliate. I mean, no offense to my guys, uh, Brian Haney, David Lawrence, Greg Gurley. So, Sure. Uh, that's totally fine. You're not offending me <laughs> or the people who Good. are paying me. So yeah, I'll be there. I'll definitely stop by. You hey. should do it. It'll be fun. Hey, yeah, it was- there's always some interesting folks. We've done a couple of them where we're like talking KU football. And I started scrolling through the room. We have like nine KU football players in the room listening. <laughs> so they're, wait, they're listening. They're the listening to it. your guys. Like you can see we've had Goodman and we've had like a bunch of randos just kind of come in and wait, join current players. And like, oh, this is cool. Like current players are coming in. Yeah. Yes, current players. That's fantastic. Okay, well now yeah. I now I have to show up. I've yeah. been intentionally unplugged from KU football this year. I felt like I earned that after after being forced to cover that team through the worst <laughs> decade of their existence. So I felt like I could take a little bit of a sabbatical, but now that I know this is going on, uh, I may come out of retirement. This was fun. I appreciate you taking some time to hop on with me. We will uh, definitely be doing this again soon later in the season. Let's do it. Yep. Thanks, Nick. All right, that's Kevin Meckley. Big thanks to Kevin for hopping on with me. Check out his podcast, Jayhawk Talk, wherever you can find podcasts. And check out this podcast, Waving the Wheat, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, you can, I don't know, wherever you're listening from right now, uh, whether it's 610sports.com or the Odyssey app or iTunes, you can check it out pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast. I appreciate you listening. Let me know what you think. Likes, dislikes, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. I am all about constructive criticism. Until next time, I am Nick Schwartz. Thanks for checking it out. See you around. such a clutch pickup dave i know right i was worried we'd bring back the same team oh no i meant those blackout motorized shades mvp of the room blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds hard to install no it's easy even you could do it nice i installed these and then got some for my mom too you fly across the country to do the install nope blinds.com can do it all 
All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 